Welcome to Black Men's Mental Health Podcast. Society doesn't want you to blame anything but yourself. It's a trait, not mental health. People out there is not going to understand you until you let them know. So, once again, thank you for tuning in, everybody. It's your man, Cassandra Williams, with uh, Black Men's Mental Health Podcast Live. Now, uh, if you don't follow my podcast, let me introduce you to this podcast. I do this podcast about once or twice a week. And it's pretty popular. It was on the top 100 uh, po- uh, mental health podcasts in the world. And I decided, you know, take it to the next level. I said, I want to do something live. I really wanted to have guests because if you follow my podcast, I really don't have a lot. Of, I don't have guests. I've had like one guest for all the podcasts. So I was like, you know, I wanted to do guests. I wanted to reach out to other black men and have that conversation. And not only black men, but women and, and, and you know, everybody, because everybody needs to talk about black men's mental health. So um, I am, you know, really glad that my my first guest is this brother right here. Now, pronounce your name. Like Anazir Oyas. Anazir, or see, because I would have <laughs> completely messed that up. Well, you know what? I always tell people, rather than saying Anazir or Oyas, just call me Miss Dell. It's not for okay. formality. Miss Dell. My business partner, she calls herself Mrs. O. So at the end of the day, I may have found your mess, Mrs. O. (laughs) Well, I'm already taken. Oh, okay. I'm I'm sorry. Sorry. She's already. All right. right. Anyway, so I try. You know, I try. But uh, yeah. So, um, you know, this brother right here reached out to me um, last week. He said, yo, I like your podcast. I was like, hey, that's great. And I was like, I announced the live. He's like, yo, you know, I want to be in a podcast. I was like, that's cool. I would love. I was like, but I'm in Orlando. You know what I'm saying? I saw he was in Virginia. He's like, yo, I'll come down. I was like, what? He's like, you know, I got business to do, but you know, I will stop. I was like, yo, thank you. I appreciate it. You coming down. It's all for the culture. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. So tell me a little about, about yourself. I'm not going to say nothing. You, 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 you talk about you. Well, we can start it up a different way, but the very first way to start it is who I am. First of all, I am a believer mm. and I'm also a Haitian. Okay. My wife's Haitian too. Well, congratulations. Very good one. Yeah, I did. 18 years. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just a little bit 12 years uh, into this, but it's wonderful. And thanks for sharing that. That, That's a plus. (laughs) So it's my background. I mean, where I come from. Uh, But one of the things about me, mental health is something that resonates. Mm -hmm. And like I said, when I see your podcast, I'm seeing black mental health. I'm like, I'm all in. Mm -hmm. Whatever I have to do to contribute to that. It's, it's a plus. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm a person with lived experience when it comes to mental health. Mm-hmm. And that's probably one of the reasons why I kind of take it to heart and I really embrace the entire mental health uh, awareness. I'm an advocate. So in general, that's, that's fine. And you know what? I didn't even know you was Haitian. And let me tell you why that's good. Because when I was going through my, you know, I'm married to a Haitian. She, my, my wife is Haitian. She was born in Haiti, came up here when she's eight. Her family, you know, she got a big old family. Everybody's aunts and cousins and uncles and in West Palm Beach. I'm meeting, I'm always meeting a new aunt or uncle every single time. That's well, that big. I have a lot of family members. So you're, you're maybe related. That's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, and um, one of the things that was interested about my mental because about a year if you, I don't know if you know the background a year ago I had a mental break like literally almost a year ago uh February 15th I had a mental breakdown I had to, I, I, I put myself in a facility that's how bad I was and um when I got out 
there was problems between me and my wife because not that my wife didn't love me, but because culturally mental health in the Haitian community is non-existent. Either you just lazy or you need God. Those are, those are the fix. And I attested them too. And, and she That's was, exactly and she, and she couldn't understand in the beginning. She couldn't understand what I was going through. Cause you know, I'm a CEO of the company. I'm, I'm the leader of the household. And then to see me like that, like she didn't know what to do. And I, there was a while that I was mad at her for that because I was like, you know, you wasn't there for me, but it was that she just couldn't understand because culturally she had nothing to relate it to. You know what I mean? You know, cause her father, her brothers and stuff like that. She sees all these strong men and, you know, if they have problems, they just sweep it under the rug or whatnot. But at the end of the day, you know, when you don't, you know, it's not really in the black community alone, but especially in the Caribbean community, like Haitians, you know, it's not existed at all. You said it right. It's not existed at all. This is not something that we address when it comes to our culture. Mm -hmm. You said you had a mental breakdown about a year ago, and I had mine literally a little bit over two years ago, Mm. right before COVID happened. Mm. And I remember it was like around October, my wife had a surgery, Mm -hmm. and I got laid off about a month, literally 30 days after that surgery. And then that took me into that depression. But my mental health struggles really started like with my dad. Mm-hmm. Because my dad had to live, you know, the whole entire immigrant history. Yeah. My dad had to come to USA to provide a better life. Mm-hmm. So my dad kind of left. I was like four years old. Mm-hmm. So he did not abandon us, but he left to come to the United States to provide us with a with a better living. Mm-hmm. He did, and he held up his mind. That's why I'm so proud of him. And he flew you yeah, out after and, and my wife. The same thing. Know, yeah. Everybody came afterwards. I think about eighteen years and stuff like. That. But when he left me at four years old, I couldn't understand that. Mm-hmm. So in me, that kind of created this abandonment issue. Mm-hmm. And then from that abandonment issue, I start isolating myself, mm-hmm. which was a good thing because in the process, I ended up becoming an artist. Mm-hmm. So that's how I ended up falling in love with, growing in love with art and then to find myself. So that was my, my safe heaven, that mm-hmm. was my, my, my world. Mm-hmm. And then from that uh, abandonment issue, kind of created in me that depression. Mm-hmm. And in that depression, just like you said, it was not something that we talk about in the culture. Mm-hmm. So nobody can understand mm-hmm. that I was suffering depression. I mean, you grew up in the faith, you know, you just go to church and then, hey, it's God. You yeah, exactly. Smile and then just everything is perfect. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to complain about. Mm-hmm. But there was severe mental depression. Going on. Mm-hmm. There was severe stuff going on with me, but I couldn't share it because I didn't even understand it. Mm-hmm. So when I moved here, like when I was older, like 18 years old, and then I met my dad, I was already too grown for my dad. So my dad couldn't understand me. Mm-hmm. So let alone understand the issue that I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. So now that depression got a toll on me. So now I'm deep in depression. Mm-hmm. But thank God through that depression, I was able to meet my wife. Mm-hmm. She became that friend. And mm-hmm. I also met my best friend in high school. His name is Baker. Mm-hmm. The gentleman that came with me. Okay, okay. So this guy has been there for me since day one. Mm-hmm. Just like for my wife. She understand the process, but she couldn't understand fully mm-hmm. the, the stuff that I was dealing with. Yeah. Like the depression. And I remember the very first time after years into our marriage when I first told my wife that, hey, I'm, I'm battling depression. She's like, what do you mean? Mm. Your wife is Haitian too? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So she couldn't understand. Yeah. Matter of fact, that terrifies her because she never deal with anybody. Yeah. Like, See, yeah. This type of stuff. She mm-hmm. didn't even know what to do. Mm-hmm. And me, I couldn't tell her exactly what, what I'm really dealing with. Mm-hmm. So in the process, I was a mentor. And then I ended up taking a course called Mentor Head First Aid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's when I started understanding about the the stigmas, all these different symptoms, how does mental uh, health challenges kind of 
how, how do we deal with that? Mm-hmm. That's when my eyes kind of open mm-hmm. about mental health awareness. That's when I, it's not really like a self-diagnosis, but that's what opened up my eyes about the issue that I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, I started getting deeper into the knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward, I become a mental health first aid instructor. Mm-hmm. So, so what is what is a mental health a mental health first aid instructor exactly? So basically, people mental don't health know. first aid is about teaching people some action plan for them to understand mm-hmm. when somebody is dealing with uh, this mental health challenge. Okay, so it's like one of the action plan we have in mental health is algae. Mm-hmm. So algae a l g e e. So you're always assessing for those behavior. Mm-hmm. When you see somebody is down all the time, there might be some. Mm-hmm. So you're always doing some kind of assessment. Mm-hmm. And when you notice stuff, try to approach and listen to that person to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And as you understand, you give information. Mm-hmm. You give information to that person if you understand what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And you encourage that person to look for appropriate help. And you encourage that person to do self-care. So mm-hmm. basically what mental health first aid is all about is those five-step plans. And mm-hmm. those steps, you constantly have to look out for them. Mm-hmm. So there's a continuous uh, assessment that's happening as mm-hmm. a mental health first aider, as mm-hmm. a mental health first aider instructor. Mm-hmm. So that's what I teach people on. And that's what I had to do for myself. I had to constantly assess myself, understand what's really going on. Mm-hmm. So from that point on, I kind of opened up this world for me. So now I understand something was not right mm-hmm. with me. I need to find the help. But really, that stuff really happened when I started taking interest into my own well-being because my wife gave me a book. Mm. And I remember that was the very first book she gave me when we were dating. It's mm-hmm. called Love by Leo Ustagria. Say that one more time. Love, people. Love by mm-hmm. Leo Ustagria. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and from that book, I basically, I basically kind of learned that you don't really fall in love. You grow in love. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it happens for us. You're not going to fall in love with yourself. And that's why one of the topics we're talking about tonight is how to grow in love with yourself. Because this is not something that just happened overnight. It's a process. Mm -hmm. So for you to really understand yourself, you have to kind of take an interest in yourself. And Mm -hmm. that's what I did while I was going through my mental challenge. It's kind of like, is it, is it kind of like the, how can you love others if you don't love yourself? Very simple to that. Okay. So that's the same basic, that's the same principle. Okay. And when we go deeper for you to love yourself, you got to know who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's the same kind of issue we're dealing in the, in the, in the, in the culture right now. Mm-hmm. especially among the black because mm-hmm. we don't even know our own identity mm-hmm. and if you don't know who you are let alone loving yourself mm-hmm. you can't love a woman if you don't know that woman mm-hmm. it's the same way for you you can't love yourself if you don't really know mm-hmm. so fast forward while I'm digging 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 deeper I take particular interest for me to become a mentor have first aider why because I find that the more you teach the more you learn mm-hmm. the only way for me to really keep myself grounded in the same principle is for me to teach it to other people. Mm. And that's why I'm an avid educator. I'm always about teaching people anything I can get my hands on, anything I can understand, mm-hmm. I try to teach it. Why? Because the more I teach it, the more I understand it. Mm. But when I had that mental breakdown two years ago, I knew I had to take some time for myself. Mm. And that's why my wife and I, we ended up getting into agreement for me to move to Virginia. Mm. And that's where all that stuff happened. So now I really find that clarity that I need. Mm. Why? Because she couldn't give me what I needed. She couldn't help me because she did not understand this stuff. Mm-hmm. But while I moved myself away, I ended up having the time for me to really understand myself and then find a new way to make her understand what was really going on. 
Mm. And now she's the biggest supporter I haven't had. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, I'm always I'm a big certification person. Me, I always cert- I have so many certifications, like you know, <laughs> black sigma belts, lean. Oh, I'm a big uh, so that's the, that's the alternative to to traditional. Exactly. So, question: Is that a certification yes. to be that that you have yes. to do? And is it like do like normal means? Because you know, I, I did a, one thing I wanted to do through my, my mental health. A journey for this year. I wanted to be a life coach. Yeah. I, I, and I, I said, I, I want to be a success life coach because, you know, beyond the mental health, I was like, you know, a lot of people don't know what it is to be successful. So besides those books, I wrote the, the other book and stuff like that, but it's not about that. That's why I'm brilliant. But you know what I'm saying? But, um, so I, I, and I believe like, like you said, certifications are phenomenal because at the end of the day, you know, you don't need to go to college for masters all, all the time and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, if you're in the work, world anyway you're going to wind up having some type of certification your employer is going to have you take just be you can have a master's a, a doctor degree but if you work a doctrine but if you go somewhere and work in some type of services or anything they're going to make you get their certification something like that so is that a certification is it like yes. okay. it is uh i had to go to uh training five-based training i did mine in georgia mm-hmm. so they always have trainings available if you go mental health first aid that board mm-hmm. and they'll show you all the training they have available mm-hmm. in fact we have a summit coming up in march uh 10 mm-hmm. i'll be in washington dc oh, nice. so if you can attend that they'll give you a good glimpse at what mental health first aid is all about mm-hmm. there's a certification there's two part of it there's a youth certification mm-hmm. and there's an adult certification i think right now we also have a team certification mm-hmm. for people that would like to team specifically Mm-hmm. youth and adult so mm-hmm. i'm certifying both youth and adult so mm-hmm. I can teach anybody the adult part is for people that are working with youth and the adult the youth part is for people working with youth even if it says youth is not directly to the youth yeah, yeah. the team is directly to the youth you actually teach mm-hmm. the, the, the team but the adult one is for people like anybody so mm-hmm. part of my organization is to offer these uh, uh mental health classes to the general public Okay. Well, is there a cost to it and stuff like that? Like, what, what, what's going to, because, you know, there'll be somebody listening to it, looking right now, say, what? There was actually an eight hour course. Mm-hmm. And there's one where you do some uh, work on your own and then you do the, the, the rest mm-hmm. of the teacher. Mm-hmm. So it's like eight hour courses that are available for people that want to sign up for. Oh, nice. That's sweet. Definitely. I never, you know what? I never even knew there was any certification awesome. like awesome. that. So, yeah, definitely. That's, that's something that's great. So, during, so, what is the um so for you, what was the methods or things that you learned through the certification that helped you with your mental health uh you know uh situation? Well, while going through the certification, you understand like in your book, just like you said, all these depression, mm-hmm. because what are the symptoms? Mm-hmm. What are the things that are associated with all these kind of things? Somebody's like having those bipolar things. How do you recognize those things? Mm-hmm. So once you go to that certification, now you kind of have this general knowledge. So whenever you see somebody kind of display something, mm-hmm. so it kind of give you a little bit of clue, a little bit of hint. Okay, there might be a possible this, but at the same time, we do not diagnose. So you will never hear one of the person that have a certification in mental health person say such and such is dealing with bipolar, such and such is dealing. But at least you will be able to understand. Okay, there might be some situation because of the mental health challenge in that person is going through, but we never mm-hmm. diagnose. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So. Um, so this certification, you became part of the team. After you did it, you became part of the team to promote this and push this? Actually, you can, it, it's either way. So some of people might do it through their organization. Mm-hmm. I did my own. My own. 
Okay. Because it's my organization. So mm-hmm. you have to come from me. Mm-hmm. So I did it for the organization. But once you're done with the certification, you can take it wherever you want. So is this a, and I'm, and, and I, you know, don't get mad at me if I sound stupid because no, I, uh, is this a certification that you and your organizer came up with or this was already existing and then you? The, the mental health person started it in Australia. Okay. And then they brought it to the United States. So this mm-hmm. is an actual organization. Oh, okay. You you have on the website NAMI. Yes, yeah. NAMI Sem, Semba. Mm-hmm. So these are all the same. Okay, okay, okay. And um, quite so, does it uh, is it just general mental health or is it uh, area mental health? Is it like a generalization? And if it is, how does it uh, how does it have any special uh, I don't know subjects for black mental? So just a general. So okay. what, one of the things that we do uh, with my organization, I try to partner up with like people that are specified in, in those areas. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Psychology mm-hmm. uh, type of thing. So I'll partner with them so I can give those information. Okay. So one of the action plan is to encourage people to get appropriate help. Mm-hmm. So well, let's say you talk to that person, that person share with you that they are mm-hmm. going through certain things. Now you can refer them to people. Mm-hmm. So it's more like a referral type of thing, but you have a general understanding, you have a general education. Mm, okay. Okay. So, so pretty much the certification is a general, but then you make it specific by the organizations you team up with and you cater it for yes. that. Okay. Okay. And you make so, referral. Okay. So, um, how long you, you've had that certification? Since, uh, four years now. Okay. So what challenges have you seen particularly in black men when it came to like, excuse me, like talking to people or, or, or diagnosing and things like that? What is it specifically you see that's uh that's uh particular for black men. It's, it's the labeling aspect. Okay. So nobody wants to disclose some kind of information for them to have a label. Mm. The whole entire time I was going to my mental health challenges, I never want to admit that I was depressed because mm-hmm. I didn't want nobody to uh, diagnose me with some kind of hope. This guy is he has depression. Mm. Depression. I mean, still today, I never want to see a doctor for some kind of diagnosis. Mm. But I understand what was going on with it. Mm, okay. And as I get more knowledge, more information about it, now I really understand what was going on. But the problem is people don't like to be labeled. Mm. So there's, there's this whole entire stigma. Hey, if I look for help, people might see me that way. So therefore, I don't want to look for help. Mm. I don't want people to see me that way. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. I know um, when the day, the day that I had my breakdown... And I went to my wife and I did, I said there's something's wrong with me because by I, it was like a cloud that I couldn't get away from, you know, I couldn't get that cloud away, no matter what I do. See, I got a degree in psychology. So I always kind of self-medicated myself as far as like, I'm smart. I could think, you know, I think through the problem, yeah, you know, which is great. I mean, cause that gives you a positive uh, outlook on stuff. By you having this kind of positive mindset, it kind of helps grow through a lot. Mm-hmm. But some of the stuff, when you don't understand, you have to be able to yeah. say, okay, you know what? I need to reach out to someone. And that's, and, and and that's the point I got to where I couldn't get through it anymore. I didn't understand what was going on with me. And, um, I, you know, I, I remember like it was yesterday, you know, I went to my wife and I said, babe, there's something wrong with me. And she looked at me, she said, all right, well, because she, for her, she it didn't register. So she's like, all right, well, I could make your doctor's appointment, you know? And that triggered me kind of like, you don't care. Like I'm, I'm reaching out to tell you something's wrong with me. And that's when I totally, exactly. But I, then that's the point where I just totally flipped. And and that's, that's one of the reasons why we are, me particularly, I'm trying to push that mental health person. Why? Because 
that is good for anybody. Anybody mm-hmm. can take a mental health first aid course mm-hmm. and okay. get that general knowledge. Mm-hmm. And once you take it, now you you have an idea of what's mm-hmm. really going on with anybody. So mm-hmm. just like CPR, mental health first aid is basically the same thing. Definitely, definitely. And I don't think they um, focus on that enough. I, I, you know, especially in America, I feel that, you know, uh, our counter, our cultural counterparts, that's what I call it, cultural counterparts, they get a lot of support with mental health, whether, you know, it's always mental health. You know, if a, if a, if a white person goes to kill somebody is a mental health, if they rape somebody's mental, you know what I'm saying? They get all this understanding, but when as black men, we do something, it's our trait. Oh, they're just violent. They're prone to violence. Oh, they're just oversexed or, you know, or, you know, things like that. So, um, what are you, what are you doing to help, uh, against that stigma? Because that stigma, that trait is there for us in America. So what are you doing or suggestions that people should do to try to get through that? Well, the very first thing we should do is See, everybody has a human. Mm. It doesn't matter what it is color, what it is not. Everybody is a human being. Mm-hmm. So what made you think that person is some kind of mental health issue and that person is just a gift mm-hmm. or just something that they purposely do? Mm-hmm. It's just, we're all human. Mm-hmm. And our brain is what really controls it. It's like the engine. Mm-hmm. So whatever we react in certain ways, trust me, it has to do with some kind of mental Mm-hmm. So it's not just white, it's not just Hispanic, it's not, it's all of us. We mm-hmm. all are having some mental challenges as a human being. Mm-hmm. And then if we don't address them, if we don't condition ourselves to react accordingly, it's going to create some kind of unpleasant reaction. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be okay with everybody. But it's not a particular race that's dealing with mental health. It's all of us. Mm-hmm. But if we can focus on all of us as human beings, it's going to create an entire different conversation. No, and, and I agree with that. But unfortunately, that's not the reality of it. You know, when it comes to because, you know, when I when I went through it, I I said, you know, I I said, you know, let me find out some research. I did research and and, you know, I I saw all the stuff on mental health. It didn't even, you know, uh, you know, uh, black people in general, cultural mental health and stuff like that. But I never saw I didn't see anything on black men health mental health to the point where the domain blackmensmentalhealth.com was free. I own it now. You know, that's where this podcast is, stuff like that, because the emphasis was there. And then when I was trying to, you know, I'm a researcher, so podcast, that's what I do. So I was like, well, let me see some podcasts on mental health. And it's like not one podcast was on black men's mental health. And, you know, even on the list that one, there's a hundred podcasts in the world. You know what I mean? We're on the list. And uh, I think we was at 53, 50, whatever, something like that. And out of the whole list, there's nothing. I'm the only one that talks about black men mental health if it's something to do with black it's cultural or black the, the community but it's nothing on specific but you could see white men's mental health white ladies have you know you see all these variations where people can go if you fit in a category you can say okay you know what i know mental health is is, is a problem with everybody but you know what's specific for my culture or my gender i could have a podcast or research but when it comes to black men I found nothing and it was horrible. The lack of attention to, you know, this area of, you know, it, it, it's like when I do a lot of uh, conferences, I did conferences, I've done seminars this last year alone. And first thing I say is I, I say black men's mental health matters. And then I always get one female 
that raises a hand and says all black, all black people go through mental health. And I'm like, is that's the equivalent of me saying all a black lives matter. And then a white person saying all lives matter. You get mad about that. Right. Well, some of us, will. you know what I'm saying? But I'm saying, but you know, you're not saying that, you know, all lives don't matter, but you're saying that black lives matter because there are things particular to us Same thing with mental health. And I, I've gotten some dirty looks from women like, or just sit in the seminar just to, to, counteract everything I say when I say what the challenges black men go through is like, well, black women be going through so many challenges. Like we, I understand that, but this is not what we're talking about right now. You know, when, when, when I was going through my situation, <laughs> I, I believe I can count on my fingers how many men that was in the room uh, getting that certification. Mm-hmm. Basically what you asking is, and, and, and I want to take, I want to take that moment to everybody that's actually watching us right now. This is the message we're putting out there. I want you guys to share it and let other men, I'm talking about men of influence in our community, knows that black men to have matters. Mm-hmm. And that's the voice that needs to be louder. Mm-hmm. So, yes, what you're saying, I agree with it totally. We don't mm-hmm. have enough stuff out there uh, that caters to black men to have. But that's why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that this will create some kind of ripple effect that mm-hmm. where more people and some organizations might even reach out to us and say, you know what, guys, I see what you guys are doing. You have a psychologist uh, in front of me. You have a mental health first aid. Why don't we team up and do something and mm-hmm. get some more free uh, mental health training mm-hmm. for the men? Because we have to speak for ourselves. Mm-hmm. If there's not enough black men stuff available, that's the reason why we started with this. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why you guys that are listening need to share this and create a, a viral movement with this. Because mm-hmm. We need to make that awareness. Mm-hmm. You know? We need to put it out there in the community. And it's funny because uh, I also get, oh, well, mental health for black men aren't being addressed because a lot of stars and athletes are addressing it. I say, but at the end of the day, stars and athletes have the money to really invest and, in and that. That's another stigma. You know, a lot of people don't really seek out anything because they feel like hey, it's going to be too pricey. Mm-hmm. But Having a conversation alone mm-hmm. and start creating some kind of impact when it comes to our mental health. Mm-hmm. Just having a self-care group for men can create a lot of stuff when it comes to the mental health. Mm-hmm. So it's very important that yeah. people understand. Yeah, and you know, I hear the cry for it too. I know one of my friends said, yo, you should just do a retreat, you know, black men and things like that. And, and you know, for me, it, it was a problem because I did this and even the books, I did it. That was my therapy. You know what I mean? I, I I dove myself into something that I knew, a new podcasting, and then I never wrote a book before. And um, literally this time last year, I, I never didn't write a book. And then I'm up to seven books already. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, it was therapy for me. You know what I mean? It wasn't really meant for me to take this to where it is today. You know, I never thought that it would be where it is. I did what I did for my regular podcast, but it wasn't like a a, a eagerness for this to be the popping one for me, you know what I mean? For it to be a moneymaker or uh, another a stream of income or anything like that. And um, it turned into this whole other beast by itself because it was a need for it. whether people hated it or loved it, you know, at the end of the day, there's a need for it. There's, there's our perspective as a man in America, that black man in America that affects us and how we're treated and how things are unfair to us, how we're labeled. And a lot of people don't, it's like in America is taboo now to say as a black man, there's things that aren't right because it's like, we're supposed to be happy for anything we're giving in our society. Even our black women, unfortunately, 
are against us on so many levels when it comes to black masculinity. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not against anybody being gay. That's cool. Whatever you want to do in your bed is what you do. But at the end of the day, why can't we appreciate a black man that's loving a black woman? But that's kind of hard because now you got every black woman think every black man's a dog. And it's like, at the end of the day, people been cheating and all that since the beginning of time. It's not special in the black race. You know what I'm saying? They've been doing that since the beginning of time. It's, but they act like it's, it's like we were kings and queens so faithful to our our queens and and then all of a sudden come the 80s and 90s we were like you know what fuck we're gonna be cheaters you know what i'm saying i mean it wasn't like that you know what i'm saying women be cheating on men for many years as well so at the end of the day but the emphasis our society's been put on where it's demasculated us in so many different ways and it's hard to for people to recognize that because it's so embedded in our culture now that when you point it out people get offended it's like racism. You know, when you say you're, oh, I'm not racist. Yeah. They get offended now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they don't want to see it. Nobody wants yeah. to see it. And and it's like we have this multiple layers of of effect. Like at the end of the year, as a black race, we have the outside that attacks us on various things. But inside our race, black men and black female are against each other with all these stereotypes that at the end of the day is not true. Every man ain't out here to be a dog. Every man ain't cheating on a woman. There are plenty of very black men that are happy households good fathers, but that's not even emphasis. Even our median, what show you know that is really showing positive image of a black man unless he's gay? I agree. You know what I'm saying? And, and if he's straight, he's a cheater, he's a dog, but the positive great person is gay. And it's like, don't we want to understand, you know, the gay population have their own stories and stuff they want to tell, and that's fine. But to me, it's like, I like to watch TV as a man, and I don't need to see even a man and female having sex. Yeah, they could kiss Fade to black next scene. But now it's like, you know, I used to hate watching. I used to watch Empire, right? Good show. was a great show. I love the show. The guy's gay. Cool. He had his own issues. Backstory. The father. That was great. You know what I'm saying? He started kissing. All of a sudden, it's a full five-minute sex scene with him and this dude. It's like, what's the purpose? You know what I'm saying? Oh, you're just homophobic. No, I just don't want to see that. That's not what the show is about. If this is like sex in the city or something like that, I get it. You know, that's what it's about. But these shows are about superheroes and all this other stuff, but they don't suddenly throw, they throw a gay scene right in there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, well, like, I don't even like to see the regular sex. If it's not about that, you don't need it. You can kiss romantic kiss. Boom, fade to black, next scene. Cool. I know what's going to what happen. Well, the, the thing is, I mean, when somebody's selling, if they sell you the wrong product, you have to come up with some good product to sell to. Mm-hmm. Don't let that person selling the wrong product keep on selling. Mm-hmm. You're only going to get the product. But we keep watching product. it. <laughs> exactly. So if somebody is selling something, you have the option to buy or not. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to buy it, you have the option to create something. Mm-hmm. But when I look at the issue, it's more like, the bottom of the issue is education. Mm. People are not educated on certain things. That's and true. That's what that dialogue is only staying in one corner. It's not a general dialogue. When it comes to mental health in Black, when it comes to family issues in Black, we should be able to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. But if we're not having those education, those communication, there's no education being done. Nobody's mm. educating nobody on this. Because it's kind of hard for you to tell that person to behave a certain way when their role models behave that way. Mm. So for you to give them a different option, you got to be another role model. Mm. And that's why education and identity are always things that are very sensitive. I'm mm. always caring about education. I'm always about people to define their identity. Because mm. when you define your identity, you kind of move different. Mm-hmm. If you never define your identity, somebody's going to define yours for you. And it may mm. not be the one that you really want to have. 
Mm. And it takes us back to that love thing. Mm. A lot of the people are doing stuff right now. It's purely because they don't love themselves. Mm. They don't even know themselves. Well, let me ask a question. I know one of my podcasts was controversial. I got a lot of emails regarding I was talking about R. Kelly and Bill Cosby. Now, I'm not here. And I say on a podcast, I'm not here to defend any of the actions, whether they did it or not. That got nothing to do with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if they did it, it's horrible and whatnot. But it's like within the black community, as a black man, mistakes can't be made for us. White counterparts like Charlie Sheen, he got HIV, have sex, a whole bunch of women. He not canceled. Why he not canceled? You know what I'm saying? He was exposing women and doing all this, but he's fine. But what's doing the cancel? You know what I'm saying? But that's what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is like, like, why, what, why, why, let me get my question straight. Why is it that black men are not forgiven for mistakes? Like Hugh Hefner, Elvis, you know, uh, uh, Willie Allen, you know what I'm saying? All these, these pedophiles that married young girls and did all this stuff. How come they're forgiving? But when it comes to the black community, even our community, you know what I'm saying? Because let's be honest, when RK was making the money, all those people that was, they didn't say nothing. Everything was great. Bill Cosby, if he was raping chicks for years, nobody was saying nothing. But then when it was not to the benefit of the culture no more, you know, the black community out of Bill Cosby, his own, uh, all these black people out of R. Kelly, things like that. Why is it within our community as black men, we can't, and I'm not saying that what they did was right, whether they did or I'm not saying that and or defending them. But what I'm saying, why in the black community as black men, we can't make a mistake like our white counterparts can make. And then people move on from it. They don't get killed. But we make a mistake. We're canceled, going to jail, getting sued. Uh, you know, oh, he's a disgrace to our people. Why is it like that? Your, your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I, I look at those mistakes a little bit different. I guess it's probably because of my faith and my upbringing mm-hmm. in, the, in the Christ. Mm-hmm. And I was having this conversation with a good friend of mine. And I was talking about Coach Paul. I call Coach Paul, Coach Paul. In the Bible, you know about Paul, history that becomes Saul. Mm-hmm. Saul that becomes Paul. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul was probably one of the guys with the worst background in the Bible. Mm-hmm. He used to kill Christians. Mm-hmm. He used to do all kind of stuff. But Paul is also the one that become the Messiah. Mm-hmm. The one that actually got sacrificed for his love for Christ. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, God was able to forgive him. Mm-hmm. So I try to look at stuff from perspective, mm-hmm. and I, I'm I'm being very careful about how I see Al Kelly, how I see Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. how I see Charlie Sheen, because all these guys they had some kind of particular set of values. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I may not know why they did not cancel them, but at the end of the day, I'm curious about their values. I'm curious about their morals. Because those values you carry with you, these are the things that really define you. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really worried if they did not cancel or not. My thing is, is it do they have something that I really want? But the question, but the question is that, and that's why I try not to. But if they do have something they want, right? Let's say Charlie Sheen or Hugh Hefner, Elvis. These these white men, you know, they contribute to music, movies, whatnot, and their legacy is sustainable. You know what I'm saying? But black men. You know, R. Kelly, I mean, you know, regardless of what you say, his music is phenomenal. A lot of people were made on his music. But what Bill if Cosby. we are the one canceling them? What if we are the one black? What if we are the black people that cancel them? But we are the black. We are the ones canceled. That's what I'm saying. It's Why? Because we create that confusion mm. between us. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. what I was trying to say with that confusion. It's like we don't even know what we value or not. Mm. It's like we're fighting among ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
Like when I, when I look at all these guys that did great stuff, whether it's Elvis, whoever it is, mm-hmm. it's like R. Kelly, for example. There are some great songs about R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. So people can cancel R. Kelly, but those lyrics, those stuff, mm-hmm. like for example, one of the particular songs is the greatest. Mm-hmm. So you can cancel him all you want, but that's a record that stays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might have different kind of set of morals that I don't uh, agree with, associate, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, that work as an artist, I'm mm-hmm. going to appreciate art. Mm-hmm. So when somebody do something, I mean, yes, that person might be at that time was good. We're human beings. We're not perfect. Yeah. We all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that's why I try not to look at colors when it comes to mistakes. We all miss mistakes. My only thing is, is did you learn from that mistake? Because mm-hmm. one of my most favorite lessons in life is learning from adversity. The adversity carries with it the seed of the greater benefits. So whenever mm-hmm. you go through a mistake, whenever you go through a challenge, in my opinion, I think R. Kelly is probably learning the greatest lesson of his life. Mm-hmm. And he's probably... I'm hoping if you were to get a chance to be out and then they become a brand new guy. But do you think he deserves it? Like Elvis and these other people, they get that second chance. Why am to judge? Well, I mean, I mean, you know, but I mean, but the black culture judges, you know what I mean? That's what we need to stop doing. Okay. Okay, good. That's the answer I want to hear. Okay. That's that's what Mm -hmm. we need to stop doing. Mm -hmm. Like one of my friends, Gary Chapman, teach me this foundation of life. The first thing is you got to love yourself, control your judgment, control your emotion, and always make sure you bring your attention to these three. Mm-hmm. We can't judge. Somebody might make a mistake, but at the end of the day, you have to understand he's human. Mm-hmm. Stop looking for that perfection. And I think that's probably the issue we have in our own culture. We put certain people on a pedestal and we mm-hmm. put some people like they have no value. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they're human beings. The same thing that these people do to deserve to be there is the same thing that these people can do to be there. At the end of the day, let's praise our people. If they do something wrong, let's show them how they can correct it. Mm-hmm. Let's build life. Let's build positivity. Stop the judging. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's what we need in our culture. Let me ask you a question. Let's uh, switch subjects a little bit. We only have an hour. I know I can talk to this for hours. But um, in, in you're a young entrepreneur, yes, right? Yeah. What challenges as a black man that you face because you're a black man being an entrepreneur, particularly for that? Well, the, the door was not open. Mm. First of all, I didn't come from a background where there was opportunity that passed down. Mm. So I had to create stuff. And mm. that's why one of my personal, uh, my personal philosophy is to invent. Mm-hmm. And, and if my personal philosophy is all about being a bridge. A believer, respond, invent, dedication, discipline, greatness, and power. Mm. So I always have this personal thing. I have to invent. My daddy didn't wasn't born with a, how do you say that? Silver spoon? Yes, with a silver mm-hmm. spoon. So everything that I need to make happen, I have to create it. I started my organization since 2014. Mm-hmm. Now I'm starting to test a little bit of, 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 of good fruits from those labels. But I didn't give up back then mm-hmm. because I knew it had to be done. Mm-hmm. And the worst that can happen is, is I didn't get to finish it and somebody get to build on top of the foundation. So the, the thing is, I was able to stay focused on the foundation. But it wasn't easy. It's mm-hmm. still not easy. Everything has to be me mm-hmm. from nonprofit organization because I couldn't have the help that I need to LLC right now because mm-hmm. I realized if I needed to be done, I can't count on people. I have to go out there and make the move myself. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest challenge. And when mm-hmm. you click, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. No doors was opening because they didn't know me. I don't have a name. And as they always don't tell nobody nothing. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you in a few years, it's going to tell somebody something because mm-hmm. it starts saying already. When you see bridging community, you're going to know there's a bridge in town. Mm-hmm. Do you have any kids? I do have a wonderful son. Okay. Okay. So um, is it from the current wife? 
Yes. Okay. So one one wife, one last. Wife. Okay. Just, hey, you know, hey, some people they 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 oh, this is my third marriage. Hey, listen, I can speak on that. I know you were saying earlier, and and you run in our culture in Haitian. I mean, mm. as Haitian, we we're born to be Casanova. We born to be like <laughs> match a man. Mm-hmm. We can have women, but at the end of the day, you have an option: continue doing what you, what's being done, or change it. Mm-hmm. And and that's the problem. Like some of us, we get cut up in this current. We just keep doing whatever's been happening. Mm-hmm. Like, is that what you really want? Mm-hmm. No. Like my son put some kind of major thing in my life. The minute I have my son, I know they were saying things. Like even with my wife, I know they were saying things that I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. I want that narrative to be different. Mm-hmm. And talk about the narrative. Now, I know I have a 14 year old son and, um, you know, um, he goes to a, a school down here in, Orlando, in, in downtown Orlando, uh, Howard. And it's, it's one of those special schools that does music and art and stuff like that. So the kids tend to be a little bit more free thinking. So um, there's a lot of things my son is dealing with that I didn't deal with. You know, uh, you know, people being gay, lesbian, trans, uh, all this idea of thinking, which goes against how I was raised. You know, not that we were anti anything, but at the end of the day, that just wasn't in our house and you know he goes to a school and lives in a world now that teaches him not only acceptance but that that is actually a choice you know i'm okay with acceptance i'm completely okay with that i tell my son don't judge anybody for what they do but the teaching isn't just acceptance now it's saying that you should do that. It's okay to be gay or or trans and encourages that. You know what I mean? Um, how do you navigate the idea of, of what America teaches our young boys now compared to what we were taught growing up? How do you fight that? Because it's sometimes it's a difficult battle because in your house you have one way, but then when they go into the world, everybody's telling them, one thing. So how do you navigate that? Well, the way we kind of navigate it is in my family, we have something called the scoreboard. And mm-hmm. the scoreboard is those things that we define our family's gonna go by. Okay. And and in that scoreboard, we also have the family core values, mm-hmm. which is belief, uh, service, leadership, love, and growth. Mm-hmm. So faith has always been the center, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like it's like we run our own little America. Yes, mm-hmm. we might be in this America, but the family, the house is our America. And this, beside God, we have the control to design it the way we want. Mm-hmm. So my son can have all these things around him, but he knows this is what we're about. Mm-hmm. And if he deviates from that, to be honest with you, that's going to be his situation with God. That's not going to be my issue. Mm-hmm. My responsibility is just to guide him according to my faith, mm-hmm. just to teach him. Like I've always been a laborer since I was a kid. So I've always had an open minded about people being different, people not, mm. the, the norm, like, yes, I grew up in the faith, I grew up Christian, but I've always been interacting with other people mm-hmm. because I'm always about this, this, this human aspect. Like if you look at, look up my last name, it was so funny a couple of years ago, I did that. And I look at my last name is attributed to humanitarian, mm. a human being is somebody that attributes values to other human beings. Mm. So when I say my last name, that's what I see. Mm. So I'm okay with my son being exposed to all of that, but he has an understanding that this is not in accordance to our faith. Mm. When you're old enough, you want to make a move, that's on you. It's mm. between you and your guy. But in my family household, that's not what we teach you. 
Mm. And that's definitely, you know, I think a lot of black fathers battle that a lot. You know what I'm saying? Um, even if you have that mentality, sometimes it's still hard because there be situations where it directly goes against what like the, the house school. is. It's like, you the know, school. yeah. Remember, kids learn from the family, the school and, and the society. Mm-hmm. So you might take your kids to the school and in the school is teaching something else. And that's why I encourage parents to stay on top of their education, mm-hmm. the education the kids are getting in school. Cause it'll be so hard for you to teach your son something. And then he goes to the school and that teacher is saying something. Mm-hmm. We try to stay in touch with our teachers. Mm-hmm. We try to figure out what's being taught at the school. Mm-hmm. Cause at the end of the day, I can tell you if it's against what I'm trying to do at home, it's going to be going to a different school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, because, you know, I know I've uh, we've had some run ins, but, you know, I believe the same thing in my house. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, we've been fortunate. My son is he understands that. But, you know, there was a period when I didn't understand what was being taught out there because, you know, I haven't been in school in so many years. And, you know, when the kids in elementary school, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's just regular stuff. But then when they start getting into like over sixth, seventh, eighth grade, that's when those issues start to come up. And for me as a father, you know, I, you know, I was mad because I'm like, what are you teaching my son? You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, it, it was he first came to me and said, yeah, there was this he her. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I was totally like, I didn't know it was in the schools. You know what I mean? I, I mean, of course, I knew it was out there. People, I didn't know, like, these kids that young were already, you know, their parents were supporting their pronouns and changing their name and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. At first, I didn't know how to react because I'm like, I don't know as a parent how, you know, I get confused because a child's a child and they're learning from us. You know, and when I hear, you know, I, you know, being a psych major, you know, I believe in environmental psychology where you're influenced by your, your environment. So at the end of the day, children are influenced by their environment. And if you give if, if it's like it's like when we gave white people the 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 uh, the choice of slavery was every white person back in the 1400s a bad person. You know what I'm saying? It was something that was not natural. So we can't go back and tell your answer was slave. It was when it was legal and it was was beneficial to white people to have plantations and slaves. So at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, there was some, every slave wasn't treated bad, but slavery, slavery, regardless. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I can't get mad at white people from back in the days because that was the law. That was something that was natural. You know what I'm saying? And you know what I'm saying? If they really went against it, they would get killed. It's like people, you know, in, in Germany, you know what I'm saying? You know, if you're in the army and they order you to do something, you do it. You know what I mean? But then we get mad at them because they did just because we won the war. But in essence, how many people in war did something horrible, bomb people, kill people, but they're heroes. So, you know, it's really the outcome of who wins at the time. You know what I mean? And really, when it comes to that right now, that scene is winning. And it was very difficult for me to transition that understanding and to understand what my son was going through because it was confusing for me. Cause I never experienced that. I don't know how to, you know, we saw a kid. I mean, I mean, we had gay kids. They acted gay and some got teased and stuff, but like at the end of the day, was it like, you know, was a big issue, but now it's like, I go to the school and like I, I, the stuff I see, it's, in your face. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just so like, and then if you don't like it and see, this is my problem with it. I don't care if you do it. That's fine. 
That's you. But you can't tell me to accept it as, you know, like, for example, and, and, and this is going a little bit because, you know, if, at time, I'll check you. Um, there was this post that said, if you don't date a trans woman, you're homophobic. I was like, I don't wait. So if I choose not to date because I don't want to date a trans person, I'm homophobic. Maybe I just don't like penis. But here's the thing. <laughs> What's the problem? But, but some, somebody <laughs> said that. Mm -hmm. But that statement, I don't have to define myself according to. Mm. So you can make all the statements you want, mm -hmm. but I don't have to respond to it. Mm. And that's the problem. Like a lot of action have been happening, but some of us, we just choose to react to those actions. We don't have to. Mm. If I have issue with something, I'm just going to remove myself or create something that I don't have issue with. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to fight with those teachers teaching my son those kind of things. I just have to remove my son from that environment. Mm. And I just have to create a better environment for my son. Mm. So some of us, we got cut up. Like people say such and such. I don't have to do nothing with trans women. The only thing I know according to my value I have to do with them is to respect and love them. But I don't have to do nothing with them. I don't have to date them. I don't have to do nothing. Mm. And it goes for everybody else. I don't have to do anything. Mm. I just have to respect you as a human being. And I just have to love you just like I love myself. Mm. So at the end of the day, anybody can make any kind of comment about it. We don't have to. It's like, by, by you saying it, we bring life to it. Mm. But let's say we ignore it. Mm. That conversation is not going. And I'm just doing the people for the podcast. All right. I'm yeah. not against Jews yeah, right, or anybody. I don't want nobody to think like, oh, you think, no, not at all. I'm not trying to say slavery was okay or Holocaust was. I'm not saying that. Don't whoopie well, Goldberg well, me. Well, I'm, hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping you guys listening understand that's yeah. not what we are. Yeah, that's we not just, what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying it was all good stuff. And don't know. But people. This, is, this is a sensitive <laughs> subject. And I remember mm. my son told, uh, he was telling my wife about the same thing. Mm. Like he kind of experienced that. Mm. But thank God it was able to understand that this is not the foundation we have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I teach him to respect people that are like this. Yeah. I teach him not to judge other people like this, but he knows where we are. Yeah. And, and it goes right back to identity. It goes right back to who you are. Mm -hmm. And those kids, the reason why they go back and forth with he, she, they don't even know who they are. Yeah. And let alone the parents. If the parents didn't even know who they were, how do you expect the kids to know who they are? Mm. That's definitely true, man. Definitely true. We got four minutes to this podcast. I I love the conversation, man. I think it's great. Um, I would love for you whenever next time you're in town to come back on. Let me know. Um, you know, let them let people know uh, your information where they could to get you on your your social media stuff in the future. Anything you want to promote? This is your time right now. Well, right now we're trying to have the same conversation through our organization. So please go check us out online: www.goatbridge bridge with two d dot org. And you can find me on social media: LinkedIn, Instagram. And Facebook, just connect with me. I'll be more than happy to have a conversation just like this one. And whenever I'm in town, I promise you, I'll stop by if I can. Mm -hmm. So just just reach me out. We want to have those conversations, especially Black men that are listening. We need to have those conversations. We need mm -hmm. to bring that mental health awareness in the community. And we need to empower you by showing you those things, by teaching you those things. Mm -hmm. I truly believe in education. I think if we're going to make a difference, it's going to be through education. Mm -hmm. So let's reach out. Let's get connected. Was a Definitely. Hey, 
I want to appreciate Mr. O for coming through. I know you from Virginia. You was doing business and you stayed a little longer for this podcast. I appreciate you so much being my first guest. So, you know, uh, you, you walk away with my books for free. Thank you, thank you know what I mean? You. Definitely. And, and um, make sure you guys grab yours and then reach out to Castle so you can get yours. It's three of them, motivational journal and the Bible. Yes. But please grab them. I got mine already and I'm honored to be thank here. You, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, like I said before, man, uh, this we're going to do this every week, uh, 7 p.m. We're going to have a guest each week uh, that we're going to be talking about mental health and just talking in general, because at the end of the day, this is needed. I want to thank everybody that made this podcast, you know, uh, top 100 in the world, not in the country, but in the world for mental health, not just black people or, you know, for mental health in general. And I want to thank you so much for it. Um, this episode is going to be up on Friday because, you know, I got other episodes that I dropped, but the lives will always be up on Friday. So that's why I want people to come tune in to the live because it's not going to be up the next day. It's going to be up on Fridays. Yeah. So at the end of the day, that's why I'm trying to people come every Monday. Either you could watch us on Facebook under the back mental mental health, or you can listen us on the culture radio. You can download the app on Google and iTunes. And you can listen to us. If you want to listen to this episode, uh, which comes on Friday or all the rest of the episodes go to the cultureplay.com slash show slash black men's mental health. But we're on Spotify. We're on iHeart. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes, Google, Amazon. Uh, uh, I think I named them all. You know what I mean? We're everywhere. So definitely keep supporting. And if you want to be a guest on this show, you're going to be in Orlando because I'm, I'm not doing phone interviews or anything like that. We're not doing video Nothing like that. But if you want to be on the show, you got to be in Orlando. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, so uh, let me know so we can get you on the show. Because like I said, don't think because if you just a man, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I want to interview every, I want to have that dialogue, dialogue and that conversation with women, with other cultures as well, because I feel that that dialogue makes it understand because you can get it from a different perspective because it may be like he came with a mental health or certification. I knew nothing about, you know what I mean? And that's information that's good for people that go through mental health or want to help others with mental health. So that certification is not just for black people. You know what I mean? If you have a, a friend or family member that's of a different culture and stuff like that that's good for you to learn so you could understand so definitely reach out to me you can reach out to me blackmensmentalhealth.com all my information is there my books the podcast information for help links all that stuff this show will be on there as well too this friday and uh once again i want to thank everybody and i'm excited i'm sorry about the technical issues when we first started like i said everything new so it's gonna be some problems but i appreciate everybody until next time have a great day. Thank you guys.